good sis. Should we just start it? just he's like the rug he just ties the whole thing together oh mm, he really does dude there was a couple pieces in there just like go up and down and they didn't happen well i but, started low but if it's just nick and and me then and we miss you then it's not happening either i feel no, like you if you to, and nick did it it'd be great no because you need the high end that's where you i feel like you and nick are like at least three drum and bass drum and bass drum and bass drum and bass <laughs> Um, hey Blake, do me a solid. Did you ever know that you're my hero? Everything I I can fly We are joined in the studio today by none other than Mr. Alex T. Boyle, guitar aficionado, um, best bud, uh, restaurant manager and restauranteer. Tour. uh, Restauranteur, sorry. Mm -hmm. Um, The Swiss Blade, uh, Swiss Family Robinson, no, excuse me, the Swiss Army Knife. Of life. The switchblade of life. The switchblade of life. Yeah, the quick draw. Um, How you doing, baby boy? Good to see you. Doing good, man. Happy to be here. Thanks for having me. Thanks for being on the show. Uh, Me and Jules wanted to have you on the show. One, because um, you're probably the funniest dude (laughs) I know that is not intending to be funny. Sneaky. Uh, sneaky You're a sneaky fun kind of cat. Mm. And um, you also... Uh, have been managing a restaurant for man what the last four years well yes i did it for four i'm not doing it now you're not currently doing it but obviously there's like no restaurants to be managed currently so that's kind of the situation but we wanted to have you on because i wanted to kind of get your grasp and your dimension of the service industry i think the most you know one of the most heavy hit businesses during covid19 has been restaurants 100 percent um, how are you guys holding up? Doing pretty good. I mean, all things considered, I think, uh, sorry, this a little closer. Um, yeah, I mean, super, super heavily affected. It's, uh, it's just a different beast. Yeah. One thing that I, I did notice, I mean, we were shut down for, um, like two or three months and when we reopened, we were pretty much busy right off the bat because yep. I think going to, re- going to restaurants is one of the things that people miss doing the yep. most just, 
being around other people and being served. And I mean, everyone likes to go get drinks and food and that kind of stuff. So it's been, all things considered, very busy. I'm an apps guy. An apps guy. Yeah, like, like I reads? love. Oh, I love going and getting like seven oh, different appetizers. Ta- of it. Tapas. Tapas, yeah, yeah dude, that's like my favorite boss. style of restaurant. It's a tapas restaurant. <laughs> what are you laughing at, Steve? Julian, put on shoes, man. Your socks disaster zone, bro. Ay, Dios mío, bro. Are there holes in them? No, you've sweeping just been up sweeping up the <laughs> dusty <laughs> crimpets. I'm JP Grimms, dude. I got no style. Definitely no ladies sliding into Julian's DMs after this episode. Yeah, dude. Come on, chicks. They're matching. Yeah, <laughs> that's true. That's actually a pretty lucky for Got that going for you. <laughs> yeah. For us, um, yeah. Like I, I prefer. I don't know. I just I eat way too. I eat more than I should. But what I love to do is like just I want to taste one of everything on the App menu. Of choice. App of choice. Ooh, you take it around. Steve Nachos, and dude. Blake I mean, too. like the 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 typical thing that is on an app's menu most frequently is. Nachos. Uh, nachos. I mean, at a Mexican restaurant, you're correct. But, no, but even at overall. like American diners, there's nachos typically on the app menu. Yeah, I mean, I guess even bad nachos are pretty good nachos. That's not true. Not true. No. <laughs> if you mess up a nacho, dude, I dude, will go, flip the table. Oh, yeah, dude. If you go underneath the layers of ch- melty cheesies and just get some blank ass chips, dude, well, I'm you need to la- You need to layer the nacho. That's the, Of course. That's the so they can be some lame nachos, dude. Yeah, and, but also, too, there needs to be some thought put into the chip. Yes. Well, the thicker the chip, the more it holds the shape and crunch. Yeah. Once you put it in the oven, if you've got a soft little weak baby back bitch chip, you put it in the oven and it just gets melt. It just is like a, it's like a wet towel. No one should eat nachos with a fork. I like the chips when they bubble and then you get a little hole in the bubble and it it like gets some of the, some of the stuff inside the bubble hole. It's like a bowl in in and of itself. Another trick similar to pizza. If you bake it until the cheese is melty and then you broil it for like 45 seconds to a minute, get Mm. it like crusty on the top. No, broil for a skinny boy, you know Mm. the way to eat. Moves right through me, man. Big fat boy kid foods. So, so COVID hit. Um, all restaurants had to close, right, for the first yep. few months. Yep. How many months? What? We're nine months into this pandemic. I think ten. It, it literally feels like a day, and also ten years at the same time. Um, and so, but once you re, were you still doing takeout during that time? Your restaurants? No, we were <clears throat> completely closed for like a month, and then we reopened for takeout because Inslee gave the word that we could do that. Yeah. And I work for a Mexican joint, so like tacos and stuff travel really well so we were really busy with that and then we got to reopen for patio dining uh during the summer and that was cracking because it's nice out and people want margaritas all night that kind of thing and and then we started doing indoor um and that was busy too because it started to get cold and like i said people were just like trying to flock to restaurants when they could and you know get get food and drink in them and then um as of two days ago we have to not do indoor anymore for, no more indoor, which is pretty much no dining at all at the restaurant because who's eating outside in yeah. November? I mean, it, it depends. We have like tents set up with space heaters and that kind of stuff. So we try to make people as comfortable uh, as possible. Gotcha. But still, I mean, that takes away, you know, more than half of your real estate to be able to sit people. And so. you still have to like separate those tents by like a specific distance, correct? The tables in the tents? Right. Yes. Yeah. Yikes. And so we can my- only do, f- I think, five people at a table. Jeez, so, man. Yeah. Um, 
so, but the but the Seattle community, these restaurant you live in Seattle. The, mm. the restaurant is in Seattle. It's called Pablo E. Pablo. Pablo E. Pablo. Um, check us out. Shout out Killer Nachos, the Bang and Guac. The Seattle community has showed up pretty well and kept you guys rocking through, for, for the takeout. We're, what one are, of the, we're one of the lucky ones. We're at a neighborhood establishment, so it's like right. regulars and young professionals and young families and that kind of stuff. Um, but you know, places downtown where like nobody, barely anyone is going to work downtown. So all these places that are downtown, I mean, that's a huge chunk of business that they don't have. So I heard a statistic that probably no less than 35% of the restaurants won't reopen. God. Yeah. That's so, I mean, what are the, what are the statistics on restaurants to begin with? I've heard that there's a large majority of restaurants oh that God, like so close after the first three years. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's a, an extremely, I mean, you'd be an idiot to try to open a restaurant, honestly. <laughs> Just Shout general. out to Boyle's bosses. <laughs> no, I mean, I, I work for a large company. I mean, it's, you know, we have like eight or nine restaurants mm. um, in that, and they've been able to do really, really well. But it's like those small mom and pop places that are usually really, really good. Yeah. I mean, they, it's going to be hard for them. Right. It's like the, the, the sun is the cash register the daughter is the cook the mom is right, right it's mm. like a family-run business i love those ones there's a really really cool thai restaurant we always go to when we're on tour uh in salt lake city that's it's like i mean it's like the width of these two chairs put together and it's this um lady and her husband and yeah. they make the most banging tie. Mm. I think their daughter runs the cash register, and they're always stoked. I get myself a Mexican Coke when I go in there. I treat myself. To mm. Thai food? Yeah, yeah, with Thai food. What about Thai, what about thai iced tea? Oh, no, 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 I no, love about Thai that. iced tea. Not I about love that. Really? You get Mexican coffee? Mexican, Mexican Coke, Coke, yeah. Ah. I like bubbles. I like a yeah, yeah. bubble Co on my throat. Coca-Cola crosses yeah, that's nice. borders. Boyle, do you, well. think that, do you think that, and Alan, do you guys think that, and Steve and Blake, that everybody at some point in their lives should work in a restaurant so they yes. can have empathy for people that 100%. do work in a restaurant because I think it's a really important gig to have. One hundred percent. Yeah, I think that um, I think it's in Israel. You, it's a mandatory two year uh, serving in the military. Lots like, of countries do that. Lots of countries do this. Yeah. I think that would be great for Americans. And I also think like two years mandatory working in the service industry would be great for Americans at least a year. Well. I mean, it's you think I, that's great until you have to go to the military for two years. <laughs> right, of course. It was like for me personally, if I was about to to go into the military, I'd be like, God, this blows. Mm -hmm. But I think what you would learn for sure from it is uh, amazing. Like I think what you would learn from it is priceless. Yeah, the hindsight would be great, but yeah. The, yeah. the the act of going would really suck. The act of going Maybe would not. suck. Are we talking about military or restaurants? Well, yeah. I mean, I Both. was talking about restaurants okay. first. We were just we were yeah. just relating them to the. The yeah, no, I, I completely agree. I love the work. Um, the restaurant I, work you're talking yeah, about. 100%. Yeah. It's so much fun because every night is different. You're surrounded by people and you get to just interact with people. And essentially, you're just making people happy. That's so funny, mm. man, because <clears throat> I've, I've worked in the restaurant. I was a bartender for the, like, the better part of 12 years or something ever since I was 21. And well, I would always tell you, like, just get a job in a restaurant, dude. It's so easy and and and. Yeah, fun and enjoyable. Like, why don't? Why, why did that take you so long to get there? Uh, I don't know. I so I went on tour with Al in 2012, and I was working for UPS before that. Quit that job so I could go on tour. Came back and you know had a little bit of money saved up, but not enough to survive and 
mm-hmm. more than two months. And so I was dating a girl at the time who sister-in-law worked for the company I currently work for. She got me a foot in the door and I never, I never planned on making it a career, but you know, I've been with the company eight years. Eight no. years? Wow. Eight years. Really? Well, no, no. Wow. God, that's yeah. crazy. Since 2012, God. I guess. It just means... Just wow, like, that's a show how long we've gone been fast. Gone. Yeah. Yeah, it's gone fast. But I, but I love it. And I think it will... We will get back to, you know, some sort of normal eventually. And like I said, I mean, if, if it shows that we've been busy through this, then we're going to be rocking by the time this is over. Wow. Yeah. I mean, especially, too, if there's 35% restaurants in the market that are going to go away. I mean, think about all that business. It's not like people aren't going to go out to eat after this whole thing straightens out. What do you guys think the best takeout food is? Top five, Jules, go. Mm, well, it has to hold while it's being delivered. Exactly. So yep. that's a big, important factor. I would say uh, I love Thai food. Thai food always delivers well. Thai food's I, like, Yeah, Thai food's good. Okay, so Thai's in one. Mm-hmm. Just oh, do, give me top three. I don't want to hear Pizza. You. I don't want to hear <laughs> pizza, bro. Just give it top three. I don't want to hear shit else. Uh, yeah, pizza's pizza's great. Pizza's, pizza's great. known for delivery. Yeah, uh, Thai food, pizza, and uh, Indian food. Sure. Ah, Indian food. Yeah, I love that Indian food, man. That butter chicken. Mm. Uh, and the longer it lasts, the better it is because the flavors continue mm-hmm. to blend. So yeah. Good. Um. So yeah, it's great. Well, you, uh, we should, we should let everybody know that we all live together. The three of us plus some for a um, matter of years for a, for a while. Yeah. And. Uh, and we were acting like complete slobs for a long time well, at yeah, that we point in our lives. Maybe we didn't know that at the time. But hindsight. I have we, nightmares we, of that. I knew. We definitely we knew. knew. I know. We, you knew it. I knew it. I don't, did you not know it? <laughs> no, I knew. <laughs> we I were knew. slobs. Dude. We were doing so good. Sloppy. Best years of my life. Were yeah, they? some of the best years of my life. But our first house that we ever moved into was uh, in the Greenwood area of Seattle, Washington. Beautiful and house. Beautiful yeah, house. Like yeah. a, the, the landlord took us through the house. I think it was me, you, and your girlfriend at the time, Jules. Mm-hmm. And I was like, there's no way this guy's going to let us move in here. I know. Right? Dude, like, do you we remember just, what his name was? Started with like an L. Yeah, I don't remember. It was so like, like Lachlis. It was Lauren, wasn't it? Was it, like, wasn't it? Was it Lauren? Something like that. Like, yeah, it was a girl's name. Uh, it doesn't, doesn't really matter. Um, <laughs> he was walking us all. through the house. There was, a, there was a pool table in the house already. No, 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 no. We got that pool table. That we was, did? Yeah. That we was from my mom's house, dude. Remember when Mario, my little puppy Mario 2 Bowser's Revenge, used to go poop underneath the pool table and just leave petrified poopies? I wasn't around for that mm. period no, of life. No, dude, it was, it was a great pool table, but it was one of the old ones, and so the, the slab of granite or whatever was one piece as opposed to, like, multiple, and I swear to God that thing was eight, 800 fucking pounds. But, but it did it, have a hot tub. Hot tub in the backyard. The entire <laughs> backyard was, so was lined <laughs> with, like these beautiful pine, I don't know, kind of like shrubberies that went up like 25 feet. So we had this like perfectly secluded backyard. It, it was huge. It was like, huge. huge. We were like 20, what, 22 years old, 23 yeah. years old. 23, yeah. And we were so amped. I remember we threw a party <laughs> at that house Kevin like Beard. the week that we got in there. Like the first night. It was one of the first nights. <laughs> like 150 people showed up. Yeah. Yeah. And we broke the floor. Yeah. Like the, a pipe broke in the basement because well, there were so many people on that floor. No, no, no. A fight broke out. Mm. So our... A, a big Samoan dude. A big Samoan dude got in a fight with our, our buddy Rory. And Samoan dude fell and he was like 
fucking 350 pounds and it shook the entire house and like pipes burst we had a leak oh. it was insane cops came at least five times cops came at least three times right next door to us literally like four feet from the house was a foster home poor people it was like 15 kids living in that home <laughs> and we every time i would show i would drive into the house get out of my car and you know, the, some of the foster kids would be on the porch and I could tell that they were terrified of me <laughs> or just like for like for some reason I had the notion because I would always wave. Hey, guys, you know, and I'm sure Styles That's did, too. One of our one of our roommates is named Styles Bentley. And yeah. if God bless his heart, you yeah, can you only imagine on. what that man was like when we were 22. Uh, Hi guys, how you going? You know, we'd wave at the foster kids, and they would just put yeah. their heads down. Who like wants this? to be Hold silly? Hold on, I, I don't remember foster. Was this at the actual like Tangletown house, or was this at the North? No, campus? Is, is it both. the North? Both, 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 both of them. The, actually, the, yeah, both, both of the both houses that we really? shared Come together on. really were yeah. foster homes. To the if you're facing the house, if you're looking directly at it to the left. Yeah, foster homes. Yeah. I just remember that there was a like a elementary school across from our across first home, mm -hmm. and when recess would set out, your window looked right out to them. Yep. So we'd open up the window and be like, "Hey, kitties, you want to <laughs> come play some games with us?" And they'd be like, mm. "No, no, thank <laughs> you." <laughs> uh, I, I I think that was more Styles. Oh, yeah. yeah, that was that seems like a Styles situation. We can, put, we can put that on him. Um, <laughs> We had, we, through the year, I think we were only in that house for about nine months, but, um, we, we had a guy come and live with us and we, you guys were in a band together. Called Del uh, Simple Weight. Del Simple Weight. Yeah. Which, check us out. My space. known. Girls an incredible guitar. MySpace.com slash Del Simple Weight. Is it still up, dude? Probably. Yeah. Dude, I think, How many views you got? I think Jay Timberlake owns MySpace now. Really? That is this is Jay Timberlake, dude. Look at him, perfect mix of Woody and Jay Timmy's. I used to get Abu Aladdin <laughs> in middle school. The, the monkey from Aladdin. Yeah. <laughs> it's because you were wearing fedoras or fezes or I whatever. I would wear those hats I would wear called. like ties to school oh, yeah. three or four days. Uh, that's a week. adorable. Oh, yeah. yeah. Yeah, braces um, the whole thing. Oh, you were weird. Anyways, you guys yeah. were in a band called Del Simple Weight, greatest yeah. band name of all time. That's probably why we never made it. <laughs> I remember several times, like being at a party, Styles Bentley would be like, "Yo, dog, you gotta check out my band Del Simple Weight," and he had to repeat it like f seven different. What is it called? What's it called? Del, Del Simple, Simple Weight. Weight. Yeah, how do you spell it? Well, okay, well, okay, you got a pen, you got a pen or a paper? Like he would, he would take him a half an hour to just fucking explain the name. It was like yeah. that's your first obstacle right there, which yeah. is like if people have to take more than three seconds to find your. <laughs> Band name. That was a great. That was a great band though. And you guys used we were to have rocking shows. Wade's every Thursday. Every man. Thursday, and we and we would have parties immediately following those. Yes. Those nights. Yes. At our house. And, uh, and we, we were nights, such but... party animals, man. Well, you know, I mean, we were living in a big, beautiful house we didn't deserve, and all liked each other and knew each other, and 
like to party. Because yep. you walk downstairs from this big, beautiful house with the backyard and the, and the trampoline and the hot tub. Mm-hmm. And you go downstairs and we had a proper studio where we had like a drum kit, bass, yeah. guitars. It was a electric basement. Guitar. It was perfect. It was yeah. amazing. And yeah. we would go down there and just jam all the time. Like yeah. just, it's Monday night. Let's go jam well, for three hours. Everybody in the house was a musician or creative in some aspects. So that was, was so a, much fun, it was man. The best, it was the best year. I was life. the only guy in that house with a girlfriend. It was all of you boys. Plus, it was just us three, right? Plus shout, Brent. Shout out to Megan Raymond. Shout, shout out to Megan Raymond. Mm-hmm. What, a, what a sweet soul yeah, she was for putting up with us. But she lived with me in that house, with us in that house. Mm. And I, I felt so awful because I was just the boyfriend of the girl who lived in the house with four guys. You were in a pretty, that was a bad situation. Because you had to like tread both lines. I wanted so bad to but, party with you guys, but well, I also you just, did. You I did, totally but did. you were also like trying to res- the point person respect. for her frustration because we're yeah. literally having parties five nights a week until God knows what time. Yeah, I've, I think I've told you this before, but I remember coming home one night and you guys had had a like we we had been gone for like a week or something, and I came home and. You guys told me that you'd had a gigantic spaghetti food fight in the kitchen. No, mac and cheese. Blue mac box. and cheese. Blue box. Blue box. Yeah. Blue, blue, blue box mac and cheese for craft. <laughs> I was craft excited mac for and that cheese. mac and cheese. We didn't eat any of you it. You didn't eat any of it. You had a gigantic food fight. And I remember you guys telling me and Megan, and like there were still a couple like noodles just on the, the walls. We tried really hard to clean that up. Before I know. Came. And yeah. it wasn't fully clean. No. As n- it never was. No. And uh, Megan was obviously upset and I remember uh, being so like conflicted with I wanted so bad to be a part of the food (laughs) fight but I also wanted to be like the disciplinarian and be like boys you're not allowed to have food fights it was a good like (sighs) like animal house style food fight it was fantastic I'm jealous I missed out on that one man yeah well you know I mean we're still still got some years on us we had a great time in that house then (laughs) we're never gonna live in a house together again what maybe we will I was thinking of moving in I mean (laughs) Boyle's moving out to Spokane pretty soon man I'm already here yeah Boy, Choi, that'd be great if you moved in. Um, definitely, we have moved on from the blue box, though. We're 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 now on Annie's? Annie Ann's. Uh, Annie's. Um, do you do the the white cheddar shells? Yep. Or do you, yeah, that's the best. I one. rock the white cheddar shells. Um, sometimes I take the white cheddar and the cheddar cheese shells and I throw them together, so it's more of like a opaque. Uh, <laughs> like the, the color or the flavor? Sepia? The, the, the color. Yes. Yeah, it's like a sepia. <laughs> <laughs> I don't even know what that is. Sepia? Yeah, it's, it's like, like um, it's like Julian's skin color, like in the middle of July. It's because I'm Ecuadorian. That's, prob- that's kind of yeah. what the, the mac and cheese is. So anyways, I want to tell my story because in that Dayton house, you guys had Del Simple Wait. The band was rocking. You had some shows going on locally. And Styles came back to the house at one point and goes, "Oh God, um, you guys! I found a drummer." And we're like, "What? <laughs> oh, yeah. Where did you meet a drummer?" He's, I forget exactly where he met I him. Met, at. I like, met Larry. It was like yes, at a park that, or something. You met Larry. I met Larry. Oh, you did? Mm-hmm. He I, was living in Mill Creek, and that's how you met him. How did yeah. I actually tell the story? How did you meet? You tried to sell him a Jeep or something? Uh, and I don't remember how. I, uh, fuck, dude. I don't honestly remember how he all came to be, but I did remember meeting him and him just like selling me so hard on on him being a he drummer was a and charming. Be, so, such a charming dude, charming man. Dude. So, so charming. Yeah. Such a charming dude. Um, and yeah, he was like moving out of an apartment, and I was just like, bro. We got an awesome <laughs> place got a and basement. a band that needs a drummer. <laughs> yeah, this is a perfect 
I got the perfect solution for you. Serendipitous indeed. And it was so funny because even like <laughs> thinking like, oh, I'm going to have to go like, you know, let my roommates know. I was like, hey, guys, I just met this cool guy. He's like a drummer and he's sweet. And they're like, fucking bring him in, dude. Let's have him. Let's have him. <laughs> he moved house. in the next moved night. In. And then yeah. like oh, three months later, uh, shit hit the fan. And <laughs> he, we were like, dude, you got to start paying some rent or something, right? You like kind of need to start contributing a little bit. And so he's like, all right, I'm going to find a job, right? And we rifled through a bunch of different ideas for job applications and landed on stripping. Mm-hmm. Do you remember this? Yes. Yeah. We took. We went and dropped him off. They were, well, no, to the they were local tryouts. They were having auditions. I think we found it in like the back of the stranger or something yep. like that. And he like circled it. So and was look, like, bef- I could do that. Let's let's illustrate Larry. He's like a beautiful black man with. 12 pack and he's yep. just like the nicest smile in yep. all of the land gorgeous yep. man and just a gorgeous man and so of course going to like the nastiest strip club on aurora was like <laughs> the best situation for that shot. bar I mean, yeah. so they they took him for sure but i don't think he lasted very he long he didn't then. get a job no, no they, they didn't, didn't get they didn't it to take him. him at all they didn't no. like his moves no. no no but do you remember him like practicing for us yeah because it was like I do three days of like yeah. him trying to practice he came down and gave tryouts. us all he came down and gave us all lap dances and shit yeah. man like taking off his shirt we were like oh he didn't give insecure. me no lap dance that's you, because you were on tour dude you were just starting to like get out on the road so you probably missed out on some of these golden lords times dude i've, I've definitely went through a good amount of those golden lords i remember one time <laughs> yeah you left your fucking pepsi machine at the house and made us clean up your mess i Completely uh, forgot about the Pepsi. God. Yeah, that was a terrible <laughs> thing. Such a um, Jesus shit. Jesus. I, I came home one, at one point from, I forget where I was, but Larry, this is kind of post uh, the stripping career, not kind of panning out. And he, first and foremost, he had like told us that he was in the military. Mm-hmm. Which apparently we found out later he was never in the military. I mean, he had a yeah. lot of military gear, so I believe well, him. Right. Bunch of yeah. Mil- yeah. yeah, yes, go ahead. Bunch yeah. of camo, and so I came. He was like, "Well, I'm gonna re-enlist. That's what I'm gonna do. I'm gonna go re-enlist in the." We're like, "Okay, cool, man. That, I mean, all right. I feels feels like you could just you know, like pound some nails or something. But if you want to go back in the military, so." For like a week, he proceeded to do drills in the backyard. Oh, yeah, like, like full camo down like in the grass, <laughs> like holding like, his airsoft guns, he was doing <laughs> army crawls and shit. He had like black paint all over his face. Yeah, I'm like, bro, you realize you're already black, dude. <laughs> dude, what was so? What was? Oh man, what was crazy was that. Uh, I don't think he, he he may have enlisted or or not, but I don't I don't think. He, he did he, not. He got in. No. But I I remember, you know, several months after asking him to to contribute and and him trying to be like, yeah, man, I'm really trying. He like got a job doing, you know, like out on the sidewalks, save a children, save like save, save the children. Oh yeah, Greenpeace or, Greenpeace something, or something like, something this, like yeah. that. Then but then uh you know, my girlfriend was kind of getting on my case about like needing to get him to contribute. And so I was like, all right, cool. Like I'm going to, he was sitting in the, in the water closet where like the wa- water heater was, he had gone and like made himself a, a room and like where the water closet was, was must've had tarantulas down there or something. Dude. It was yeah. sketchy. As yeah. Fuck. It was, it was like and a, a nook in the yeah, basement. It wasn't, it wasn't even, even a, a nook. It, it wasn't was a closet like or anything. It was just a, like, that's where the water heater was. And he right. like made himself a space. And anyways, I woke up one morning with him. 
I was like, Hey Larry, man, like I really got to, um, collect from you. I'm, I'm really sorry, but like, uh, you know, we've, we've let you stay here for super long. You've eaten all of our uncle Ben's rice and we're out <laughs> and like, you just need to contribute, man. It's not much, but you need to pay. Um, so he was like, all right, hop in your car. Like I need you to take me somewhere. So he grabs that tin of military gear that he had, which led us to believe that he was in the military. But the, but the bin had like Jay Johnson's name on it. So it was somebody else's name and he put it, puts it in my car. We go down to the pawn shop and (laughs) I remember opening up like my back of my car and he was like talking to this guy trying to sell him these things. He opens up his bin and he's got like bulletproof vests and like these practice guns that's why i thought he was in the military because well right it was just i don't think it was issue stuff it was it was all military issue stuff (laughs) but we were at at this pawn shop and he was selling this trying to sell this guy this like military grade gear bulletproof vests and like i think they were airsoft guns but they were like practice guns and clips and knives and other things and this this pawn shop owner was just like, let me make a couple calls, man. Let me make a couple calls and see what's going on. I'm sitting there on again, Aurora, the like Highway 99 is the worst street of all time in Seattle, Washington. Prostitutes like- galore and just junkies all over the place. I find myself sitting there selling bulletproof vests and knives out of the trunk of my Jeep Wrangler. Just like, <laughs> what is going on? I, um, I mean, our rent was so low at that time. I mean, and he came his through, room man. was so shitty oh, that I almost was like felt bad asking for money from him. Yeah. I almost wanted to pay him. Yeah. <laughs> money. <laughs> I know. Because it was just well, the worst Well, we kind of did, situation. man. We brought him in. Yeah, I mean, look, overall, if... <laughs> I can't imagine Larry's listening to this, but if he is, I I have nothing but no, love for that nothing guy. but love for Larry. Yeah, dude. yeah Honestly, it was so man. cool. Miss that was... guy. I mean, he just disappeared. He 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 dipped out once. Yeah, I mean, once that house kind of fell apart and people started to move their separate ways. I mean, I haven't seen or talked to him since. But I mean, I, yeah, I fucking love that guy. We had a great time. Yeah, that band so was fun. the best band. You guys in town were great, man, for like six months. I remember, I remember, uh, I remember for, it was for six months. Like, you guys would go do those shows. I remember one time, just because we've told this story so many times, but these guys haven't heard. Uh, you guys had a show, and we came back to our place to have a party after the show, as we always would. And my girlfriend and I were sleeping upstairs and I get a tap either from you or Brent or Alan or whoever. It was just like, dude, you got to wake up. (laughs) (laughs) Sanjaya's downstairs and he's trying to make out with Brent. Like, who the fuck is Sanjaya? Dude, Sanjaya. American American Idol Sanjaya. Greatest American Idol contestant. Was that season two? Let's pull up some pics of Sanjaya. Sanjaya, We still got the, uh, we still got the monitor on. On the Sanjaya's downstairs, and he's I trying have, to. Fuck I have us no all. idea that happened. Yeah, we had a show at Wade's, and we, we had a residency every Thursday. And Sanjaya, oh, just that's not him. <laughs> just do ask American Idol. American Idol Sanjaya. Anyway, yeah, he just showed up at the show. He like knew someone who knew someone who knew he someone. I think cat. he lives in Seattle. Yeah, and he. Uh, Obviously, we had a show. It means we were going to have a party that night. We invited him back, and he came. And, dude, we partied hard, hard. with Sanjaya. So hard. Yeah, it was awesome, yeah. man. Oh, yeah. Sanjaya. There, there he is. is. Look, look at that, that guy. Stud. Dude, look at my boy here. Did he win American Idol, or is that? No, he got second place, man, but he my was rocking man. all the dudes. Look at this handsome little man. Yeah. He, that guy could party. 
Let me tell you that. He raged, man. Didn't, yeah. We had Sandy. a 12-foot bong. No, not a 12-foot, but we had like a 6-foot bong that <laughs> yeah. Brent had. And Sanchai <laughs> was rope-a-loping. Yeah, he was a lot of fun, man. We oh, no, his hairline's there. going, though. That's a bugger. Oh, that's, that's coming. That's you, coming for me soon. Do, do do they get to see? Why? Too? What's going on here? Former Donald Trump strategist, strategist or strategist? He's <laughs> like American Idol Sanjaya. Let's not fall down that rabbit hole. No, let's not. Yeah. Oh, look at this. The hair's short now, dude. Looking handsome. He's a handsome dude. I wonder if he's still in Seattle. I wonder what he's doing. Probably. Right now. He's probably singing. Hey, Sanjaya, want to come Sanjaya, on our podcast? Dude, come on the potty pod. Let's talk about. Let's <laughs> talk about the hangs. This. Yeah. Um, Good times. Good times. Well, anyways, Boyle, walk us through what because you were talking before we started this podcast about how your first job was at Zoomies, and I remember our friend Tristan was also working at this like skate shop, BC and I remember being super jelly of you guys because you guys had these cool like skater bro gigs that were in retrospect just retail stores that are lame as shit in, my, the, in the mall yeah my 16 year old self really thought it'd be cool to work at Sumi's. yeah and it was not and what i actually you, i got fired for stealing so there's a dude, oh my god what did you steal because i got a stealing story from Zoomies, dude. you stole <laughs> proper clothes i brought well yeah you steal clothes how'd you do it like what how'd you do it just i don't know you just slip. put it on and walked away or you like carried it out uh, probably in my backpack. Can I tell you my my stealing from Zoomies story really quick? Sure. Was it the Zoomies I was working at at the time? Uh-huh. Yeah, the Alderwood Mall. Are you sure I didn't just let you do it? Was I no? Working? Because I got caught. Oh. I'm not good at stealing. Uh, I think I tried once when I was four or five years old, like a like tra- little transformer from like the dentist office, yeah. and I felt so guilty that I had to go back and return it because I told my parents and they were like, "The best thing to do, Julian, is to go back to the dentist office and return this thing." So I did. But when I was at Zoomies, we had a bunch of friends that were just kleptomaniacs when we were in high school, which yeah, was, it was weird. A, it, was it, was a, it was like a phase. Well, they used to steal from Goodwill. Yeah, and like what? Value Village. Yeah, it wasn't even like, we're going to go get some nice new stuff. It was like, we're going to steal gonna, from the people who need it the most. Yeah, <laughs> people would put like 19 shirts and pants under on, underneath their clothes, and they'd just like walk out. Like, was like it, what, what was, was it just a rush? or like? I think it was just... I think just there was just shitheads. Yes, yeah, we just, just had like, we're gonna do just, this because it's we just like do when it. you know you can, you will. When you're young, you're just like, oh, cool, like you can get away with something like this. And <clears> you know, we're just trying to like be fashionable. <laughs> <laughs> be fashion. Uh, oh, I would have, I would have avoided you guys if we would have met like That's three, not true, dude. three you years met us prior during that time. No, I met you at the end of high school. See, we met mm. after I had graduated from high school. My senior year, I'm yep. going in, I'm leaving the nest and I met you guys. And even when I met you guys, I was like, these guys are smoking cigarettes. Mm. <laughs> this, obviously it was like black miles or something, but I was so ignorant no, at that point. Mine, too. Bloods, it, whatever. Tree schmeezies. Dude, I was so shocked. <laughs> like I was, I was blue box mac and cheese and you guys were rocking like straight up. Yeah. Although rigatoni, the size of your face. I, I, I have heard that you had, you had your, your moments growing up from Tristan. Maybe you weren't like party hardy, like smoking weed and shotgun and brewskis, but you were definitely chasing tail. Oh yeah, man. I was chasing literally girls for sure. (laughs) (laughs) I was going after ladies, but but uh, if I, yeah, anyways, regardless, if I would have met you guys three years earlier, I it, our relationship would be completely different. It's I just don't think, think that, like, thank God we it would, turned out the way it did. Yeah, I mean, we might have, like, 
you just wouldn't have come and hung hung around with us. I, I, I would have avoided you like the plague. We would um, have avoided you too, though. Probably. You were hungry for it, though. That's what we know. You know, I mean, maybe a few years earlier, but when when we started really hanging out, I could tell that you were you had some pent up stuff you were trying to get out. And I think we, I just, helped, it, we helped with that. I properly enjoyed like a close knit group of of homies that I could assimilate into that were fun and funny seamless, and creative seamless. and yeah, and it's great. Just. Yeah, like no shame. I think that like that was always the wonderful thing about that. I think any group of human beings that I come in contact with that I really connect with is the ability to like talk shit about yourself. This like self-deprecating thing that uh, is genuine. I always really connect well with those type of human beings. But mm-hmm. um, I want to get back to the, the restaurant situation, Boyle, because I think... There's a lot of inside scoop uh, talk that we're going through, and our listeners might be like, dude, I don't care about Sanjaya. Um, they care about they Sanjaya. They can turn this podcast off. <laughs> don't yeah. tell them to do that. <laughs> we only have 12 listeners at a time. Um, we got 16. So, uh, so what do you think Like the, the biggest hurdle facing the restaurants that like, I mean, period, that are current, obviously like COVID is a gnarly situation, but there's, is there like inside scoops of things that are happening within the restaurant and service industry that are like folk like us wouldn't really know or understand? Uh, I'm not sure I understand the question. Like so, b- beside COVID? Well, like beside COVID or, or working through COVID, right? So like, well, we got to get tested, you know, every couple of weeks or we got to like wear face masks or like wearing face mask whilst cooking is like, I don't know. I'm, I'm just trying to spark up some interesting <laughs> conversation. We were on a roll with stealing from zoomies, dude. Yeah. And you uh, no, I mean, obviously I, you got to take safety measures pretty seriously. It's like mask up gloves, that kind of stuff. But I mean like restaurants, you're, you're surrounded by people, whether it's like people coming in to eat or people that you work with. So, um, I I personally feel unsafe when I'm at work. Yeah. Even though even though I'm like masked up and stuff. Like this past weekend was a good example. It was like the last night we could do indoor dining, and it's a Saturday night, and you know we're busy because it's Saturday night, and you know people are usually pretty good. Like if you're at your table, you don't need to wear your mask. But if you get up, to like you know, take a pee or something, then put your mask back on. But anyway, there's just like tables of like you know young twenty something kids, five or six of them at a table, just hamming it up, party and screaming, that kind of stuff. And it just like creates this weird, and you're indoors and there's not a whole lot of ventilation. And mm. I can, I can almost just see the bacteria in the air. And I'm just like, I can't, I can't do anything. Like this is my job. Yeah. And you're, just are here. you personally pretty, pretty scared of catching this thing? I mean, probably not more than anyone else. I kind of, I kind of just assume that I'm going to get it eventually. That way I'm not shocked when I do. Mm. And my mom's like in the same boat. She works in a hospital. She's a nurse and loves what she does. She catches babies for a living, delivers babies for a living. Sorry. Or catches, man. Sometimes well, she they calls, just she calls herself out of a baby catcher. But no, I mean, she's very matter of fact. It's like she's 65, I think. So she's, you know, at the upper tier of um, that. And then she works in a hospital where people go when they have these sicknesses. And I was talking to her and she was just like, yeah, like, I don't have any doubt in my mind I'm going to catch this thing. 
And but she just is like, this is my job, and I've got to do what I got to do. So I kind of feel the same way, though my job is way less important than hers. Yeah, shout out to your mom. Um, but if I'm if I'm not at work, I'm typically just like in my apartment. Yeah, you're chilling. You're not going out for. You're not speed dating. No, no, and I'm not. I'm not even going out to eat really when I'm there. I just so how, as somebody who, again, I know now you live alone. Like you, we used to talking earlier about living mm-hmm. in share houses and having like a community of people. How is that solitude? <clears throat> how is that like I during love this? It. You love the solitude. I've always been good about being alone, but I think that. I moved into my place a month before quarantine Mm. and I was just like, I'm so happy that I can be in control of my own space. Yeah. Keep it clean. That kind of thing. As opposed to, I mean, we were living with people. It's the worst. It's not the worst. I mean, I love living with people, but like through this, I, you know, who do you trust? Like, where are your roommates going? Are they, are they being safe? You know, the house is never clean because that just is the nature of the beast. So it's been, it's been awesome having my own little bubble. Yeah, that's great. Yeah. And do you see, uh, you, do you socialize much or you're just like keeping it real? Just a like- little bit. Yeah. I mean, I, I see friends mostly. It's kind of just outdoor stuff. We do a lot of bike rides. Well, not anymore since it's cold and wet outside. Um, see, you know, my sister and nephew as often as I can once every couple of weeks. But um, yeah, not much. My The people that I usually, you know, assimilate with when I'm over there, they're, they're being very cautious about it too. So we're not always like, you know, getting together. And doing things, but yeah, not as not as as often as I want to. But do you feel a potent difference between your like that side of Washington State and this side of Washington State? Uh, I mean, this is this is the first time I've been out here since yeah. shit hit the fan. So I don't know, but I mean, if you're looking at like you know the electoral map or something, like yeah, I mean the the west part of the state you know leans very heavily blue and people buy into like you know wear your mask and social distancing for the most part and then i i think correct me if i'm wrong spokane's a, a little bit less left in that respect yeah spokane's like purple well it's i mean the the thing about it is i mean obviously it's like this whole situation has become politicized so you yeah, know, everything I, does yeah i have to imagine that there's people who like you know voted for voted for Trump who just refused to do what they know they need to do because because they're being told they don't have to they believe they don't have to right so it's not it's not a political statement it's just it's just a mask that you should wear <laughs> yeah it's interesting because i feel for sure just like anything it's been politicized um but it's it's interesting because like the the level of politic politic politicization politicization sure, definitely not that's sure. not a word that's sure. fine we get it yeah. um steve could you look that up <laughs> check we got, we got politicization politicization just the level of po- politics yeah like how much it's been politicized politicized that's nice. the word Thanks, i'm looking steve. for thank you stevie love you steve um I don't think folk over here, or at least maybe folk who would land on the more conservative side of the spectrum, think, well, we shouldn't mask up, or we should. I mean, sure, there's some of them that think it's that's it, it's a generalization when I when we're saying oh, that. But right? there's definitely of course, that too. I think right. me personally, I was over in the Seattle area a couple of weeks ago, and it just felt like, and it, it might be my own personal projection, like shooting out, but it just felt more tense. Felt more tense, and it might yeah. be that there's more people stacked on top I of each other. I think that's what it is. It's so, you know, being out here is so great because like you're not really around anyone unless you choose to be around someone. Like you know, 
us together. But yeah, there, I mean, it's so much harder to not be around people because there's just fucking people everywhere. Right. It's right. Just, yeah. So. But also, you, I was over in Idaho a month and a half ago and I was with my cousin and we were going to a restaurant and I was the only person in that restaurant wearing a mask getting like looks. Yeah. yeah Idaho's the butt wild, So dude. it's like, yeah. it's the difference of like feeling tense because people aren't wearing masks and then feeling like, Tense because you're the only one wearing a mask. Yeah, and, and a lot of the country is like, like that too. I mean, it's you know. Yeah, totally. It's just if you look at like a, a map of where outbreaks are happening currently, I mean, the big portion of it's like in the middle of the country. Yeah. Right. So. I'm just like I'm coming from fucking New York, guys. Like I'm probably with this virus, so I'm just protecting you. I'm trying to respect you guys. That's and what it just is. Like, it's it's thinking about the people around idiot. you more than it's thinking about yourself like yeah you know i i was talking about this with i don't know if it was steve or Laura the other day but it's like if i were to get someone i love sick because i wasn't taking the responsibility that that by far is worse than me getting it myself. Yeah, yeah that's what everybody is feeling just i couldn't handle it yeah i think i think mostly the the tension that anybody feels who's in able health is not I'm afraid of getting this thing, even though it would suck, man. I mean, I'm I, without a like legitimate positive test. I'm pretty sure that I've that I had it towards sounds the like it. top of March. Yeah. I'm pretty sure that Steve, like our whole touring crew, were almost pretty sure we we all and had it. That was it. in March, right? You guys. It were was in right? March. Yeah, we were in New York. Like what? <laughs> end of Feb, Steve? Yeah. Yeah, we were in New York. End of Feb, like right when this thing was about to pop off in New York, we were. We played in a room full of like 2,000 people, no masks. Sardine can, man. I, w I went through a VIP meet and greet, like hugging people, <laughs> probably putting my hands all over my face but after I was shaking hands. You didn't hands. know at the time. Like you knew, but it wasn't um, like, you didn't know that it I was going to be I don't know. What would you say, Steve? Did we know? I don't think we knew. I think that there was definitely some chirpy chirp on on the news like hey there's some sort of weird virus that's happening and it's funny enough the outbreak was kind of currently happening in seattle um but, but when we, we got were, i think we got the first official case um and he was from everett actually it was a kid uh -huh. i think relatively our age from snohomish county who had traveled to uh china and then traveled back and I had heard things were happening i think probably like january that this was like virus but of course you know like don't really think much about it. And then I remember as soon as the news broke that that kid had it, people were just kind of like, oh, crap. Mm -hmm. And then within a month, it was like everything is shutting down. Mm -hmm. I, wish, I wish there was a way to know. I've always had this question ever since the virus came to light. How do you know like when it first started? How do you, how are you able to backdate? Like, okay, we know that this is when it first came to the States. We know that this is because if the testing doesn't exist to differentiate between like the regular flu virus, right. Or the regular, um, coronavirus, which is like, there's a bunch of different coronaviruses, right. Mm -hmm. Then how do you know specifically that it wasn't over here and in the States, like back in, September or August. Like, I'm not. Sh I don't have an answer for that. Yeah, I don't think anybody here does, but I'm just. I think, that's kind of like an interesting question. I think that there's organizations in place that that's what they, they do. And so you just start from where you're at and somehow continue to work backwards until you find a source for it. I have no idea. Yeah. But, uh, um, we so, can, needless to say, 
working in a restaurant is hard and sucks and it's isn't, hard isn't and yeah, necessarily ideal right now for no, anybody who's doing it because there's a lot of people doing it i have a lot of friends there's in New a York lot of there's a lot well. of people doing it and there's a lot of people who who would like to be doing it who, that don't have the opportunity to how many how many people has your business specifically laid off during this whole situation hundreds, do you have numbers hundreds wow yeah, I mean, mostly had, on like wait staff, bus staff, all that, or is it like uh, managers up, all the way up the board, wow. all the way up the board, even even I, you know, some people in the corporate office. Yeah, yeah. wow, man. Yeah, so I mean, you know, it just it, realistically speaking, I'm lucky to have a job, and it's just take it day by day. I'm not trying to have any expectations about time frames and what's going to happen. It's just like you know what, it, it affects everybody in different ways, and it is what it is. So just do what you got to do, and hopefully, eventually, you'll wake up one day and it'll be like. Everything's fine. Has it allowed you to uh, tap into your creative side and try to like explore some of the things that you're good at and wanting to potentially pursue moving forward? Uh, you're super good at guitar and you're just a good yeah, artist I mean, in general. So, yeah, I mean, I guess in, in the respect of having a lot of extra time to you know focus on other things like reading, I've done like three puzzles, which I haven't done since I was a kid, which I Whoa. actually really enjoy, like puzzles. Um, how long has that been going on? Puzzles? How long has that been going on? Oh. I don't remember you being a puzzle person. I, well, I was a, as a kid and then, you know, had all these puzzles laying around all the time. Is do. there like a... I don't know anything about the puzzle universe. Is there a specific style well, of puzzle? one piece uh, and another piece love each other very, very much. <laughs> they come together, yeah. But, <clears throat> but where, I mean, in any... In any sort of um, niche, there's always like, well, yeah, but if you get a Harley Davidson, it's cool, oh, did, man, but there's a, like Indian, you know. No, Salvador Dali puzzle, a 2,000-piece Salvador oh Dali puzzle, God. which was great. That's How long did it take you? I have to imagine the puzzle industry is up booming right now. <laughs> oh, the puzzle. They're turning <laughs> everything it, into a you? puzzle, dude. They're taking... Yeah, but I gave it to a friend. She wanted a puzzle. Me? No, not oh. you. You are my friend, but you do not get my puzzle. I made a painting that, you were, that I was going to give you. You did? Oh, yeah, yeah you, you were supposed to ship it. that thing to me. I didn't. I know. It's in my wall. I want it. Maybe I'll trade it for your Salvador Dali text, puzzle. Text Steph. I told you. I gave it to a friend. So you've been getting into puzzles, Boyle. What else? Have you been playing much guitar? You, said, you told me you got a new guitar. I bought myself uh, a Guild, a Guild Acoustic, much much like the one that you own. Or I guess it's yours now. Shout out to Guild. Yeah. It's mine. Um, living in an apartment, it's hard to you know turn up to 11, so to speak. So it's been nice having that outlet. Reading a lot. Um, bike riding when it's nice. That's about it. Have you been? So you're single. Very. Not have for you long, been, dude. Everybody's going to be hitting you up on your DMs. Oh, you dude, have social come media. puzzle with me. Handsome B Boils. We're going to put his uh, email address in yeah. the lower third corner <laughs> of this podcast because he doesn't yeah. have socials. No, um, no socials. Can't. No DMing. Sorry. Uh, have you? No, I have not. Any dating at all? How do you date during a pandemic? That's Jules. Bro. Well. Jules has been slanging. <laughs> <laughs> that's, not, that's not necessarily true. I mean, give me pointers, dude. Like, that's there not are necessarily no pointers. true. I just, it's, you know, the whole the whole thing of dating Jules has is been becoming, becoming intimate with someone. And I just, I don't really want to be that close to anybody. Yeah. Like, physically. The, do you, any, like... Does that hurt your feelings? No, dude. I've been single my whole life. You've been fine. You've been yeah, fine with that. So I'm interesting. Fine, dude. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, no that's problem. That's awesome, man. I wish yeah. I was more like you in that way. No, you don't. Yeah. Well, you always want what you can't have, right? Yeah, I guess. Or what you don't have, I guess. Yeah, I mean, it's grass yeah. is always. Greener. I just I don't see the the point of dating when 
when you just can't. I mean, I guess you can. You can. You, you can do whatever you want, I just man. Choo- I'm choosing not to. For this. It would definitely butt. be weird, right? Like <laughs> going out on a date. There's so many social awkward uh, pinpoints right now. And period with dating. Like dating is just an awkward experience, right? Like unless you're... I like dating. Yeah, but it's it's it is it can be awkward, right? Like dating can yeah, be awkward. It depends on the date, but you know, it's only going to be awkward if you're making it awkward or if you choose to yeah. let it be awkward. Yeah, I've always felt pretty strange about dating as well. I've never really done it because I've been in relationships my whole life for the most part. Mm. But uh, but I I went back to New York and and did it, and it was awesome super fun uh, th- yeah getting to know I'm, you man that's like i the got best to know stuff. this really cool girl it was amazing we like started a relationship and ended a relationship like in mm. the, the time that i was in there the course was, of two hours <laughs> well yeah maybe I mean, not even he that. was like you know it was like a month or something but it was oh, yeah. so nice yeah it's fun it's, and refreshing it's and fun to, just like a yeah. good way to learn about yourself and about other people and to you know not just jump into something and be like yes you're the person you're super attractive and oh my god yeah. that was really good and dating can be a very good learning tool if it's you let it. it's yeah i'm you know it's interesting to be we're both 34 years old and to be single mm-hmm. people um exploring that or not exploring that and kind of just being able to have the freedom and liberation to do whatever we want at this point. We don't have any ties to a relationship with kids. Dating. Especially I'm working in a restaurant. We get a lot of first dates at our spot. Mm-hmm. Do you guys have, uh, you know, like maybe some people at times, if they're doing first dates, they're like, yeah, this is my favorite shirt. Like I, I feel like I look really good in this in this tea or maybe I want to rock these shoes or, you know, I got to make sure that my hair is going like, do you guys have any of these consistent like first date, uh, scenarios that you, gotta, that you gotta, rock? Can we get a tight sure, on jewels? I gotta make sure that I uh, get my eyebrows nice and smooth down real nice like this. Well, yeah. yeah. Little saliva. Um, a grow down. You don't. I'm, you don't I'm like throw. Some, you don't like throw down like a Sean Mendez mix whenever nah, you're dude, getting ready for too. for your date or anything. Dude. I do that. Yeah. yeah what are your uh, Tori Kelly? Oh, yeah. Yeah. She. Tori Kelly's got heart. a Christmas album coming out mm, soon. Excited so for that. Yeah, we're putting I'm together a sure Christmas special. Tori Kelly. She's an bonkers singer yeah. bonkers singer from la can sing the phone book she's she's brilliant cool. uh, no I don't, I, I, there's nothing that i do there's you just you, what would you do just you're just yourself, gonna go man. do the thing that you're like if you're gonna connect with somebody you're well just gonna i go typically always go to the same restaurants like i do this i'll find a restaurant that i like and i'll just continue to go back to it i won't try anything different on the menu as like, far as dating is concerned, or just in life in general, uh, yeah. yeah. Like I'm pretty creature of habit, creature of. I'm pretty habitual in in my choices. Same. I think it, moving forward now for me, I'm much more interested in exploring spontaneity and being like free to have different things happen. Because I'll eat a chicken Caesar wrap and like go to bed every day in my life. Like that's like my routine. <laughs> like just wake up, exercise, eat a chicken Caesar wrap, do what I got to do. Go to bed. Can, it's I, just can like, I interrupt you? Yeah. Has anyone needed to pee really bad when they've been doing this? Go, dude. Go ahead. How do you, yeah, how you guys just go? Just, just go. Just go right you now. Can, okay, give me yeah. two minutes. It's just us in this studio, dog. Yeah. <laughs> it's like nobody give else. Give me your beer. <laughs> Boy, um, that is the first time anybody's had to pee, though. That's pretty no, that's sensational. Uh, <laughs> see, we had somebody else. Uh, Julie, I've had to poop. 
Let's go over. Do you need to do now? No, not like not right now, but I've like had to in the past. Uh-huh. And I held it in. Ooh, slippery. Um, I've, which is surprising because I'm usually the first person to have to take a leak. Uh-huh. My bladder is, uh, I don't think it's very big. I think I have maybe some sort of <clears throat> de- degenerative <laughs> uh, problem with my bladder, maybe. <laughs> It's hereditary. Um, let's let's um let's keep going on the dating stuff, man. What yeah, well, be- I mean, I've just been out of the dating world for so I turned to my wife long, so many how, times. How, how we'll long? be at we'll be at a sh- restaurant and we'll kind of you know I don't know we just for fun we'll look around the restaurant we'll see who's there and oh these these two right here look mm-hmm. like they're on and we'll make up stories about them. Yeah, we'll be like okay, he's a he's in finance and she uh, she works at a daycare. Um, she. Like her father was in a disco band mm-hmm. uh, for the better part of 75 through 70. You finished already? <laughs> oh my God, you got a catheter in? <laughs> so that was amazing, dude. Get yourself another beer, dude. Let's fill Bring up that over, bloody bro. glass. Bro, go grab it. Um, well, me. We like to. No, he's got one right there. You got one right there on the floor, dude. Himself. A full one. Let's Are you on your third? I'm getting randy tonight, dude. dude. Make, bring over a 0. 0.0, dude. I don't want Julian getting Randall. Uh, yeah, so like, I, uh, what were we talking about? Dating and Nothing. like your habits to go and like watch people. Oh, right. So like it. I've been out of the dating game for so long. Taz and I will go to restaurants and I will turn to her in Thanks, the middle of, you gotta open it for us, though. of the meal and be like, and, and it's like, thank her so much that I don't have to date anymore. I know you've said that to me too. And like, I, I also look at all of my friends who are married and I'm not just speaking directly to you, but I you say, kind of thank are like God. right now, actually directly speaking, speaking directly to, to you. Yeah. But I also say like, thank God that I'm not married with children. And that's not, that's not to say that like, it's bad that I'm looking at you guys. And I'm like, Oh my God, like this looks like it's awful. It's great. I admire the shit out of you guys. And all I mean, of my it's a little, it's kind of like everything. It's right up the middle. Sometimes it's hard AF and sometimes it's just the greatest thing in the world. Totally. But to be like, I don't know, there's just something, look, I've expressed a lot of insecurities and, 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 and fears of my own that I've been scared about moving forward at the place that I'm in, in my life. But at the same time, I can, I can kind of weigh it in both ways is that like I'm, I am 34 and I am single and that's really awesome. And you're the same way, Boyle. And it's, it's kind of rewarding if I allow it to be that way rather than being like, I need companionship and I need to have some girl come and like hold my hand and love me forever because I just don't think that it's it's really nice to be able to. That's not the angle that I think of for me. I think with like, when I, I'm at a restaurant and I thank my wife for, I'm like, I'm just so for glad that I don't bill. have to be, yeah, for picking up the bill. Thanks, babe. Uh, I, that I don't have to be a part of the dating game anymore. It's simply because of how much energy I had to use when I was single. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> like, <clears throat> I mean, it, was it was so distracting for me. Like, it <clears throat> means to an end, man. I mean, you were... You were effectively dating so that you could find someone like no Taz way in the future. Yeah, of course. That you wasn't were. what I was doing. Yeah, no, it was not what I was doing. When I was single, I was Beyond. just like wasting energy. I was trying to play like the. But you say that now because you're in a relationship. When you were doing that, it wasn't necessarily wasting energy. You were exploring yourself. 
you were exploring relationships and people and humans. And if I'm ever talking to a, a female, a, a, another girl in my life who I'm trying to feel some type of way for, I'm just genuinely having a connection with somebody that I enjoy. Like, it's not just about like, who's wants to come over here and lick my nose. You mean mean it's not about that? It's not about that at all. (laughs) Can we edit out that I'm the editor and I'm not going to edit it out. No, I'm just saying, I'm just just saying like, I don't know. You, you had, you had like this weird fast tracked, uh, um, sense of all of that for yourself, kind of jumping into a profession that shot you into. I think rooms filled I, with girls that were like, "Oh my god, your voice is so hot!" Yeah, and, and then I you're had just abs- like sick. <laughs> Let me DM you, girl, and all of a sudden you're like doing that probably in your bus every night till six o'clock in the morning, just like, well, this is fruitless, and I feel like an asshole. I was like, in that. Yeah. I don't feel like a, I had. I don't feel like an asshole directly below yours. I don't have, the only thing right now is looking back on it and going like, wow, man, if I would have taken just half. Just half of the amount, because everything takes time, right? Everything mm-hmm. takes time and energy. And when you have a child and you're married and you have, and you're in the middle of a pandemic and you're throwing as much paint at the wall trying to make something stick because your entire business just crumbled to the ground in front of you and you have absolutely no time left in the world at all, you hearken back to your life when you were single and you had all the time in the world is what it felt like. And you go, man, how did I spend my time? Oh shit. This is how I spent it. Like 75% of my waking hours. I, if I wasn't scrolling Instagram or Facebook, I was hitting up random people, typically women on the internet. And I threw away, like I didn't throw away, but like if I could have that time back, and it would put me farther ahead right now so that I wouldn't have to completely reinvent my life but in case of emergency. But you can't. And you're awesome. No, I can't, of, of course, it. but I can talk about it. I know. Yeah, that's what I'm doing. But you are who you are because of your life experiences and because of the choices that you've made. And of course, we could have all been better in high school. Me and Boyle didn't have to get hammered drunk on SoCo the night before, the day before, the morning, morning before of. we showed up to school to t- get told we weren't going to graduate high school. But we made that choice because we're fucking idiots. And like now we get to sit on a podcast together because, and you get to be the facilitator of this thing. And we have our fucking best friends in here with. 17 cameras and a ping pong table in this room because of choices that we made to get to where we're at in our lives. And it's great. Yeah, so like it's awesome. I'm not saying it's not awesome. I'm saying that like this all started from being afraid being elated that I don't have to date anymore. Right. But maybe what happened like hypothetically if if something happened between you and Taz in several years and you were just like, okay, I, cool. I'm a single guy. Yeah, again. I mean, what I don't you, even you're want... just gonna be a fucking hermit in your room for the rest. If of your I, life? I would probably be like what Boyle is. Boyle was just like, I'm absolutely pumped about solitude. That would be me. I'd be like, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not necessarily choosing either or. I'm just not actively pursuing something. Yeah, but you're also like, yeah. you're centered. Just being by yourself, you're not sure. constantly needing somebody else to like invigorate your personal perception of yourself. Not at all. Yeah. See that. 
I envy that because I'm more like you, Jules, where I'm constantly looking for ad- admiration and mm-hmm. I need people to tell Validation. me that everything is okay and I need to be validated. And I wish I was more like Boyle where I could just be centered by myself, not need somebody else's adulation yep. in order to... Same, but, I, but, but I'm not that way and it doesn't seem like you are that way either. So you'd probably what? fall back and like Boyle. No, I, I, so I'm nobody's it, like Boyle. Okay, like there's not a lot of people that are like Boyle. That's why we're plenty, talking to Boyle. Plenty of people like no, Boyle. No, there's dude. How dare you? I can sit next to Boyle for eight hours and not talk. Yeah, Steve, yeah, say, Steve, is, Steve is Steve is we've, we've totally like a Boyle number too. of times. Yeah. Yes, you some you of guys, the best times I've ever had. That's is why you're not guy. talking to you. Yeah. God, that's awesome. Yeah, we could talk or not talk forever. I love you. Love you too. Yeah, but <laughs> I I think that all comes. This is. To tie it all in, it all ties back to like, God, I'm so thankful I'm not, specifically during the pandemic, I can't imagine what it's like to be like me when I was single or like you, Needing that, well, you like, can't imagine because I'm living with you and telling you everything that's happening. <laughs> I mean, I, I can imagine and it's fucking like it's a, that's what I'm saying. I talked to Tess, I'm like, so glad I'm not single because I know what I would be doing, I would be like looking for that, that comfort in relationship. <laughs> And um, you need to find that comfort within yourself. I think that's what this is. Sorry, boiling down to here. Oh, of course. No I mean that—that that would be the moral of the story. But if you—if you were to base the future off the past, that's not typically what I do, um, and have done. And I'm so glad that right now there's not like. I'm happily married, so I don't have to worry about this. Like, oh, I gotta, you know, just like fill my time with, like, chasing women, you know. Well, now you just get to chase your little rugrat around the house. Oh, dude, Rudy's such a best kind of chase, dude. That kid is getting cute. (laughs) He's so adorable, and he is full on 100 miles an hour, dude. He, he does the cutest thing. He says bye to stuff. Like, I'll be like, okay, Rudy, we can't play with the laptop. Like he loves, he just loves devices, right? Like, like I, and I think part of it is because we prohibit it. Like we don't want him playing with the iPad unless we give it to him. We don't want him playing with the laptop. So we'll be like, no laptop, Rudy. Sorry. That's the most adorable thing now though. Like he'll kind of, he'll fuss, right? We'll say no laptop. Ah, he gets fussed and then we pick him up and he goes, Buy laptop. <laughs> Do the same thing with like. We'll oh, be upstairs. Man. We're like, okay, Rudy, we can't. Just we're we're done. We're done playing with the toys. Ah, buy toys. <laughs> <laughs> it's the oh, best. Geez, we got out of the hot guy. tub this morning. We got to pick him up out of the hot tub. I pull him there. Close the hot tub. He's about. We walk inside. He goes, buy tub. <laughs> <laughs> Every time oh, that shit could cure cancer. If they could, if they could bottle up the emotion that Joy. I feel when I hear him, when I go, Rudy, where's your nose? And he goes, nose, and he points to it. Mm. If you could bottle up that emotion somehow, if you could inflict that that feeling into people, if you could mainline that emotion, mm. I feel like you could cure cancer. That's pure adrenochrome. That's pure adrenochrome. Took too much, man. Took too much. Too much. Too much. Too glasses, ice water with ice. Yeah. <laughs> um, That's awesome. Yeah, it's yeah, it's such a joy. It's it's so and it's God. It's like it's such an interesting thing to to unpack and tell you guys because I mean you guys have known me some of my longest friends ever, and I never wanted kids. 
I never wanted kids, and I'm so glad I had kids. Oh, man. Yeah, well, you can't really Me say you, you're not now. <laughs> right? Well, not it's, on it's a podcast, true, I believe, well, but like, <laughs> I think behind closed doors, you, I'd be like, guys, no, fuck this. No, you and couldn't, even if, like, what's the, what, how, what's the point of saying, like, this is hard or this is this is rough. It is what it is now. This is your life, and you. And Rudy's a great kid. So I mean, this isn't- I'm so glad I had kids, man. It's like the best thing. It's like the the um, the the you can't put it into words. You can't put into words the emotion and the love that you feel for your child. It's mm-hmm. freaky. Do you want kids, Boyle? Yeah, I would love to have kids. Yeah, ah, dude, I'm you'd be last, such a good dad. I'm the the last of my bloodline to be able to. Um, carry on the Boyle family name. So you gotta have kids. I have so you gotta to. start dating during the pandy, bro. We're signing you up for the Tintin. I was thinking tin. any responsible adult would really just adopt a kid. So I'm probably just gonna <clears> do that eventually. Yeah, adopting's rad, dude. Yeah. We we adopted my two younger sisters, and then my uh, my brothers adopted who's his two two youngsters. What? what it's such age? a it's such a rad. Uh, what age would you What age would you capture? Seventeen. Really? <laughs> You're going old. I well, like only, it. I mean, it's only one Just year. One then. year, dude. Toss think him to think the about troops. think about this yeah. full circle. Boyle starts a foster home, gets oh like God. seven <clears throat> youngsters, and then boys, boys. Then the boys, boys move in next door <laughs> and start throwing ragers, putting boys shaving cream in our club. underpants. <laughs> Alex, boys and girls club. <laughs> Oh, that would be so great, full circle. And then Boyle's just out, like, just pissed all the time. These right, youngsters causing all the ruckus. I don't know if I can do it. But I'm pumped. Have kiddos? Yeah, but I'm pumped I, if you I do. Think, I think that's kind of what, in line with what Alan was saying, it's like you don't, you don't, you don't realize that it's the best thing until you're actually thrust into the... Position sure. and it I completely is, believe that. If you're that. a good stand-up human being, of course, man. But I'm not going to let that lead me into yeah. having children because I like have no, no, to no, believe no, 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 that no, no, sentiment is true. Be, it has to be right. Just got to find the right person. Dude, that's man. why having a nephew is the best. Yeah, it's the best. It's like you reap the bennies and you have none of the responsibility. You and I would be great fathers, but we need to have great mothers to com- to, to compliment us. Want to get married? In, uh, maybe. Yeah. You want to just go gay? Insurance bennies. Dude, yeah. you guys could totally get married and totally adopt a kid. Yep. I was, are you, I'm I'd co-sign on that adoption. <laughs> Thanks. Are you attracted to me? Is that what you said? I said I'm attracted to you. I was going to ask, and then I was like, that's, that's you just... Didn't, you don't want to leave up. that line. You, you know, don't want to leave that line. Ever since you cut off the dreadlocks, I've been very attracted. Dude, those dreadlocks were nasty. They weren't dreadlocks. No, they were no. grease. What do you think of JP's Fries. facial hair right now, boy, boy? As a man who can grow, grow a full, full face of hair, what do you all, think about JP over here? All things considered, it goes... Uh, he has the best facial hair out of any man that I've met in his family, like his two brothers oh, and his like, father. What are you talking about? What the about? hell are you talking about, dude? Have you seen Steve? But yeah, in his family, for sure. Yeah. So I just, I think yeah, the fact that you more. can do what you're doing here is like Not a, too a shabs, fucking right? miracle. Yeah. I mean, I'm just, I'm just ex- excited to have some facial hair now. Mm-hmm. What I like about life. yours is that it, you have, you have the mustache and then you have the, like the chin part. Mm-hmm. Like I'm so Irish that I have a very prominent goatee. <laughs> Look at me. Very prominent goatee. I always yeah. kind of wanted just like the stash and the little soul patch. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? But you can, I'm working with it. Yeah. You don't yeah, have a single portion of your face in the bearded area that is not cut. Like 
you it's, know, on mine, I've Irish got thing. some, I've got like this little patch here that's not there. Mine right? is like pretty much. Yeah, it's up to the lip, dude. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Me and Tristan both have the same. You could hide a, you could, you, goat. you could, you could hide paraphernalia up in that thing. Well, and I, it's a little patch. I mean, Steve, <coughs> Steve and Ryan Johnson have the best beards, I think. Oh, yeah, yeah Stephen J. Libby right. wins the Steve, contest you, oh, every we, time. You put a fucking camera on Steve. Nope. God damn it. No. Can you come over here? <coughs> nope. Yeah, Steve, get over here. Nope. Oh wait, you know what? Blake, Blake's got a great beard. Yeah, too. Blake, Blake also, Blake Barrelli has a majestic beard. <laughs> and I was looking for the word. I already started the M, and I like didn't think about the following word. Majestic. Um, yeah, I feel like when you go in for a haircut, Steve, they have they get out like a like a chainsaw or something. You have super thick hair. Yes. <laughs> thanks, thanks for uh, expanding on that for me, Steve. I appreciate it. <laughs> yeah, mine sucks, and it's okay because right. I just have been craving having facial hair like your guys' my whole entire life, and I haven't until now. So I think I'm pleased with it, despite the stupidity of its style and look. I'm just letting it happen. Like Styles I mean, Bentley once told me when I got those fuzzy cheetah print vans as a gift. Just rock it like it's the sickest thing you've ever rocked, and it will be. Yeah, yeah. just own it. Own it. That's like ni- that's ninety five percent anything is just owning it. Yeah, I think you do that well. Owning in your it. life, yeah, just owning my, who you my are. My fuzzy vans, my fuzzy cheetah. No, just vans. like oh. your like identity, like owning <laughs> yeah. yourself. Yeah, I learned it's that from awesome. Owned. I have. I, I mean, just like anyone else, you know, I, I have my I have my things. I have my things, but um, it's far harder to hate yourself than it is to just like yourself. So dig it. Oh yeah, that's that's totally true. Yeah. Way more effort to dislike yourself than it is to just dig it. You think that's true? I don't think that's true. I do. I'm just saying. I don't think it's necessarily true. It's really easy to be upset to with yourself. yourself. Not to hate yourself, but to be sad. I mean, being sad is just an emotion. I'm talking about just not being happy in your own skin. I still. I'm not saying I disagree because I believe that to be true for myself, but I. I think that's. I think it's actually easier to not be happy. I think the effort is easier to be sad, to like kind of I mean if you're gonna never put, be disappointed. Yeah. But ultimately it's harder on your life. If right? you're just gonna because put energy course, into one thing, you might as well put it into like the other thing. For sure. Right. One hundred percent. But I'm just saying, like the default setting for human emotional capacity is probably if it's going Insecurity. to be sadness or yes. I think it helps. I think it helps having a group of friends that you're close with. Totally. Because can you imagine being that kind of insecure person but not having uh, the support system? I mean, it's societal, too. It's like sure. yeah. the, the pressure that we put on ourselves. Like we had, you know, the other podcast with the survival guy. He's just like, these people don't even think about that. Yeah, yeah. they don't think about it at all. in their universe. Yeah. I've, I heard this, and I've probably said it a million times on this sh- podcast and to you guys uh, a bunch, but there's ultimately like a, there's a truth, right? That if you are in need of something, if you're, say you're out in, there's a blizzard outside, right? And you're naked and you're, you're hungry and somebody brings you inside and puts you by a fire and gives you a bowl of soup, right? You are a hundred percent happier than when you were outside. But Western I'd culture... I'd be happier with a bowl of cereal, honestly. Okay, I bowl of what cereal. Whatever you want. Yeah. You get the picture. <laughs> but... Uh, 
Western culture, Western culture leads you to believe that if you have two bowls of soup Cereal. and two blankets and you make the fire twice as big, then you're 200% happier, which is absolutely not true at all. You're just incrementally maybe a little bit happier, right? Like you, you might have been satiated a little bit more by a bigger bowl of soup, but what cereal. we're taught in cereal, sorry, Thank you. what we're taught in Western culture is that you you just need more and more and more and more and more. And I'm, the truth is, is that once your needs are met, you can't get any happier than that, right? And so, to to Steve's point, when Hazen was in here, we we had a guy named Hazen Audell in um, a couple podcasts ago, and he goes out into the jungles and lives with like indigenous people. And one of the most like, is he local? He's a yeah. local guy, lives in Spokane. Yeah. Most poignant thing he said was like, there's no mental illness in that. Like, sure, maybe there's a blip on the radar every once in a while when somebody's like legitimately crazy, but there's no depression. There's no self-loathing. There's no, because those diseases seem to be very, diseases, it's tough. And this is murky water that I'm jumping into, but like all they're focused on in these tribes is the here and now. Am I fed? Do I have food? It's survival, right? Like they're this close to survival. Whereas in Western culture, we are so far removed from like the binary one and zero of survival that we can manufacture these like, oh, well, I didn't get an A plus on this test and it's gonna, I, you know, I have this dimple that's really off centered and like we we're able to manufacture these problems I think because we don't have real problems in front of us that we actually need to well but it's solve. that's that's kind of relative I, the way that I look at it. I mean if you were if you were born to some tribe out in the middle of nowhere in like Papua New Guinea like of course you would be all about what you needed to do to survive but being born and raised in a in a city, you know, like a middle class family, it's like you are a product of your environment and it you need to you need to do well in school you need to go to college you need to you know do all of these things in order to be able to put a roof over your head totally you know what i mean like, yeah and i don't think we can get if, it twisted and think like those papua new guineans are that just is, like no that is survival all the time either. that is survival to us because that is what we need to do to survive if we if i were to just like buy a ticket to papua new guinea right now I wouldn't know the first fucking thing how to I survive think, out there. I you think know what I mean? To so play it's... devil's advocate, that's what we're told we need to survive. But I think what the point that Hazen was making is that we are so far removed from the actual ones and zeros the of survival, of the mechanisms survival. that actually like put food in our body and right. put warmth on it, like on our body and a roof over our head. We're so disconnected from that. Yeah. In American does, culture, does he? So does he like go out to these places by himself? Is he like yeah, a survivalist or does his he... story's bonkers? You have to listen to the podcast, listen to the but podcast. yeah, he goes out and essentially learns and lives with indigenous people. Um, he's done so since he was what, 18, 19, 19 years old, years. as early like a, as he could. Was it like a missionary thing or did he? Was wow. it a missionary Choice. thing? He's just been obsessed with, with biology since he yeah. was a youngster. That's crazy, dude. And he goes out and learns from these people. <laughs> That's awesome. Great. Really Really interesting cat, but uh, that portion of the podcast was so interesting to me because as somebody who has dealt with that in my life, I've mm. dealt with like, oh, I'm not, I'm not living up to my potential. I'm not like all this like self-loathing and self-centered uh, darkness. Hearing him say that, like, yeah, you don't see that out in, um, uh, 
amongst people who are living like literally this close to surviving and not surviving. Right. Um, anyways, that was just super That's interesting cool. yeah, to me. Yeah. To and it's just also just a reminder to, you know, what, despite where we come from or how we operate in our own society, we gratitude at the end of the day is the most important. Yeah. Sure. Totally. Just you remember, know, count, right. Count because it's like, to society in a positive way. Sure. Yeah. yeah. And I do, your, do yeah. your part for your community and but, try to, and, 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 and I'm, I wasn't, happy. I was also trying to just kind of play devil's advocate and saying that like, I don't think joy is just like at the forefront of everybody's minds at the, it's not easier. I just don't necessarily think that's easier. And I don't necessarily think it's easier in these cultures that aren't here. And now with us, you know, we're all, struggling with things it's all relative like Boyle said we're, we're we're going through something whether we're here or we're there and so it's up to us to recognize what's 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 important to us and what makes us happy and whether it be you know dating or companionship or marriage or children or cereal or, or cereal, cereal honey yes. nut cheerios golden honey grams. Oh my um, gosh. whatever that thing might be it's just important to step back and kind of you know you always tell me to kind of pan out in my life and take like you know look at it from a, an objective point of view and and really like check yourself and and i'm trying to do that as often as i can to to because i have every reason in the world to be fucking so happy about things in my life mm -hmm. and i find myself getting sad all the time every like every other it's day just, i wake up and i'm just like I think Shit, that's okay, man. though. Like, I think it's of course, sadness it's is just nature. it's a basic human emotion, just like happiness, just like anger. Like I think it's okay to be sad if you're sad. For and sure, it's, it's not like it shouldn't be like a why am I sad? I should be happy. Something's wrong with me. Like if you're if you're sad, like fucking be sad and be that because yeah. it's not going to last forever. Yeah, totally. yeah, that's yeah. a good point. I think it is also to, you know, to touch on what Julian's saying though. I think it is really valuable to analyze your emotions and analyze why you are feeling a specific way, realizing that probably once again said this a million times on this podcast, but one of my favorite authors is this guy named Eckhart Tolle and he talks about the watcher. He talks about pulling out and watching your emotion and attempting to try and like unidentify, right? Like if we're feeling sadness, if we're feeling sad, we're like, I'm sad, right? But if you pull, if you attempt to not identify with that emotion, because you can, you can, you can not be your emotion, rather you can analyze it almost like standing on a bridge and watching the water go underneath it and watching your emotions cascade through like, like rapids, you can go, man, what is it that triggered this emotion in me? Right? Like if I'm feeling sadness, it's, I think it is valuable to zoom out, look at that emotion and go, why does this same emotion keep happening? Right? Because is this emotion and in this, and, and this specific reason why I'm feeling this emotion, is this bringing value to my life? Or am I, am I just continuing to hit this roadblock? Am I allowing like my past to inform my present, right? These things that happened to me when I was a teenager, when I was, you know, whatever specific, uh, timeline in my life where these things happen that are continuing to inform my presence. If you can pull out and zoom out far enough and go like, all right, why, why am I allowing that past experience to continue to inform my presence That's and inform my of, life? can of worms. I think it a is, lot about that kind of stuff. Cause I know for me personally, like most of my early memories and they're not like, 
they're not like memories. They're like little blips of in moments of time mm. when I was like three or mm. four. Mm-hmm. Most of those blips are are sad mm. blips. Mm. Like I remember mostly moments in my life that were not like super joyful moments. Mm, fuck. And it doesn't like. I mean, I'm sure it affects me. You know, I I think of it very you know objectively. I try to at least. But I mean, just like anyone else, your experience growing up as your brain is developing is going to inevitably shape who you are as an adult. Totally. 100%. It, and it, it happens for everybody. Right. It totally shapes the way you are as an adult. But is it possible to reshape, I guess, is the question. Like, if you're 100%. able to analyze... I think it just is, means you, you, it, it, there has to be an acceptance by the person to, to take that for what it is and try to use it as a tool for growth. Yeah. And you, know you go ahead I mean? and also try to rewrite your own narrative by checking in with yourself and sure. realizing these little blips that made you feel sadness or whatever those things were that you recognized as maybe their triggers now for you. You can 100%. go back and rewrite that and be like, actually, by talking. by And for me, I think one of my issues is that I get over analytical where I'm like pulling back too much. And I'm like, okay, why am I thinking this way? Like what is what, what's really um, – uh, what's what's influencing me to feel the way that I'm feeling right now, and why? What? Why? What's what's really happening? And I get so caught off guard by my own brain and how it's processing all the information that's going through my head. And at the end of the day, it's just like you just need to chill and not think at all. You just need to actually take a second to sure. To, there's to a break, fine line between analyzing and overanalyzing. Totally, because I well, because I also have this though. whole narrative about my life that growing up this happened and that happened and that led me to this thing. And Oh, the reason why I am insecure or feel, um, pain when I do and, and I'm, um, hurt easily and I'm so sensitive is because of X, Y, and Z mm. when in reality, that's not necessarily true. That's just the narrative that I've created for myself. Mm. And I don't need that narrative to actually continue to lead my life if I can go back and change it. And it's not changing it just to like, erase stuff that existed it's going back and like recognizing that there's way more to that story that you're oh yeah that you're discounting but the good news is i think especially you know for you guys being creative people like harnessing that into a creative way like i especially with acting i would think like taking that energy and like when you're on set or you're on stage or whatever like being able to use that as like a tool to get you where you need to be in that moment it's the greatest gift, I, I but it's also the, it's the greatest gift, but it's also the hugest curse at the same time. Sure, because you're constantly just like, oh, let me feel the hardest I can possibly feel, so I can go. Let me let, let me be the most emotional human being I can possibly be, so that I can use that thereafter. And then you find yourself becoming this emotional wreck. Wreck. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, this vessel of just like heightened emotions constantly because you're hoping that that's going to like propel you to be good at what you do. And then you find do yourself you- playing fucking douchebag two on fucking Blue Bloods. And you're just like, what they the fuck did I well, do this though. for? I Shout out to Blue Bloods. Do you, we've, we've gone long on this podcast, so we, we're going to wrap it up here in a, in a jiffy. But real quick, Jules, um, I want to, I have a question because you, you've come in contact with like really, powerful actors, actors that have done super well for themselves in the industry. Do you see them connecting and like living in their skin in that same way? 
are they like incredibly over analytical about their past and their life and like their the expression of their life or you know these other specific actors i know you know like five or six that are really it's hard prolific to say actors. man like it's hard to say because when i'm working if i'm in a in a working capacity with these people i'm, I'm working digging. with them you know i'm not like hey like I try, when, when, well, I try when I go and, you know, we sit in like our green room and, and are waiting between takes or something. I'm like, I'm trying to get through to like, what's your quality of life like? Because this is an interesting business that we're existing in. And mm. for you, especially like you are working at a much more rapid pace than I am. And you're way up here. And this is this seems to be crazy. But for the most part, man, I, I don't, I don't, I don't know what they're going through. I, I can't, no, I, I can't really, I can't really gather that information from them. But I doubt it. I think they're probably like where they're at because they've gotten to a point. And that's not to say that they're not dealing with their own shit and baggage, because I'm sure they are. It's just at a different level than where I'm at. You know, more money, more problems, kind of thing. You know, you get farther along and you have a different set of issues that you're facing. I love that you said mo. Mo money. That's the that's the name of the song, dude. Tom money, Selleck more is doing great. What do you want me to say? More money, more problems. I mean, I kind of do want you to say <laughs> mo, mo money, money more problems, mo problems yeah, but it's, this is all funny to hear that more that perspective. Money, I think more to, problems. To wrap up, to wrap up this episode, Boyle, thank you so much for being uh, on the podcast. We all call you Boyle. You've been our friend for many, many years. Your full name is Alexander T. Boyle. Mm. Um, uh, thank you so much for. Just grooving with us, baby, and talking about your life, and 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 I couldn't have done anything without you guys. Thanks for having me. <laughs> we hey, love you to pieces, bud. Cool. And, and you got um, me for another week, so an entire week. We're gonna do six more of these. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I think the good wrap up of the episode, um, especially on this last tip that we've been dissecting, is gratitude. That's a wonderful thing. I'm great. Yeah. I'm I'm very very grateful for you, Jules, and you, uh, Boyle, and you, Steve, Blake, Braley. I love you guys very yeah. much, and I'm I'm elated that during this time um, I have close friends and people that I just love to be around, right? Because these moments are so precious, right? When you're not able to be around people as much as you'd like, when you're actually able to be around quality folk like the ones who are, are in this room, it's it's amazing. So thank you guys. Amen. I love you. And everybody at home who's listening to this, wherever you're at, take care of yourself, be safe, um, and uh, tune in next week. We love you. Bye, everyone. Boyle, let's go get some cereal. Damn straight, buddy. <laughs> oh, boo-boo, did you just make it to the end of the video? Yes, you did. Do you want to see more videos just like this one, huh? Do you? Well, then head over to patreon.com slash live at the lodge where you can support the how goods of this podcast as well as the entire Live at the Lodge family. Yep, yeah, you're going to get exclusive merch, personalized shout-out videos. Me and Jules, we're going to show up at your house and baptize your nephew, huh? Check it out, Patreon dot com slash live at the lodge. lodge.